Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm your host, Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with forensics expert and my old friend, Dr. Henry Lee. Dr. Hi. Lee, Pete. my friend, how are you? Good to see you again. All right, it's been a while. good to see you, yeah. It's been a while. So what's what's been new since the last time we sat down together? Well, of course, our retired friend uh, stayed. That's right. Uh, in 1998, okay. our retired friend uh, stayed forensic laboratory, mm -hmm. then become a commissioner for Connecticut State Police. Then 2005, I retired again uh, as a chief emeritus, then uh, back to University of New Haven okay. in 2010, become a distinguished professor. And uh, just two weeks ago, I decided to retire the fifth time. <laughs> uh, so retired from University of New Haven, okay. now become a professor emeritus uh -huh. for the university. So as a professor emeritus, what exactly do you do? Well, it depends on uh, the definition of a professor emeritus, supposedly just retire, sit on the chair, enjoy the life. However, <laughs> we do have a forensic research and training institute. That's right. So we still do a lot of teaching for in-service. In other words, uh, people currently work in the police department, laboratory, or district attorney, or defense attorney, sometimes judges, uh, even reporters. Mm -hmm. uh, so the institute basically have five missions. Training is one. Okay. Second is public learning. We do a lot of uh, public speeches. Yeah. For example, attend your uh, program. Right. That's a public learning program. That's right. We do a lot of the, uh, uh, teaching at the high school, especially inner city high school kids. We try to uh, work with them to show them in this country have a lot of, still have a lot of opportunity. Don't just give up your life. I usually use myself as an example. Okay. When I come to this country, 1965, I don't even speak English. Oh, wow. uh, I did what I did by working hard, hard working. So I encourage those kids, don't hook up with drugs, don't join the gang, find a goal, career goal. Mm -hmm them work on it, whatever we can do, we can help them. Right. The third thing the Institute does, we become a national cold case center. Okay. We're helping people, police department around the world, try to solve unsolvable case. The fourth one for the Institute is we do some research in the topic of forensic science. Okay. The fifth one, because the institute is a non-profit one, so whatever the surplus income, mm -hmm. we give the scholarship, provide the student with some financial help. Sure. So that's basically what we do. Okay. Have a beautiful facility built on uh, University of New Haven campus. Mm -hmm. In year 2010, okay. and uh, initially that time, governor wanted to give me four million dollars, mm -hmm. governor Rove, and uh, later just happened the financial crisis, 
that money was cut in half. They initially have a federal grant, $2 million, yeah. but that later we only have a quarter million. Ooh. Luckily, a lot of my friends, a lot of public right. sending in checks, say this is so important. And uh, I'm really grateful for their help. Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank all the citizens helping out yeah, and absolutely. also send an open invitation for you yeah. and any public want to have a tour okay. of the institute. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'll take you up on that. So tell us a little bit about your life and how you got interested in forensics. Well, I was born in China. Okay. My father used to be a uh, landlord, very rich businessman, owns almost half of the land in town. During the revolution, we have to move to Shanghai. Uh, in 1949, we come to Taiwan. So my father waited until, oh, I, wa I was there before my father. My father left Shanghai in 1949, but her, his ship was sunk in the uh, South China Sea. And uh, so when I was nine years old, I lost my father. Oh. My mother raised all the 13 kids, single-handed. That's why people ask me who I respect the most. Mm -hmm. I said, my mother. <laughs> who you scared the most? My mother. <laughs> and uh, whatever my mom says, I listen. Absolutely. So while I was in Taiwan high school that time, my career dream is to become a basketball player. Okay. I try very hard. I'm short, but they're quick. There you go. My coach even have a meeting with me. Say, son, when you grow another two feet, come back to see me. Right. So I took literally every night, tried to do exercise. Hopefully, I can grow taller. Right. But uh, I don't have Michael Jordan's DNA. No. Nor Yao Ming's exactly. chromosome either. <laughs> right. So one night, I realized each of us have a limitation. Mm -hmm. Physically, mentally, we all have a limitation. So that's what I share with the, a lot of high school students. Don't try to do something you cannot be. Then all your life going to be miserable. Yes. Just find an area you're interested. Mm -hmm. So I decided to become a police officer. Okay. Went to Taiwan Police College. So I quickly become very strong because okay. we have to practice Kung Fu. I'm a Kung Fu master exactly. too. Exactly. So in 1959, I graduated from the college, become the youngest police captain in Taiwan. But that time, around the world, every police department solving the cases use interrogation use the informer. Mm -hmm. So during those investigations, I found some innocent people was forced into confession. So I say, why can we have a better way to solve the case? So I start having interest in learning scientific evidence. Right. 
Of course, that time in Taiwan in the 60s, pretty primitive forensic science view. We're basically doing some crime scene photo, fingerprint, or shoe print comparison. So 1965, I decided to come to the United States to study. That's how I get into the forensic field. Okay. Of course, when I first come to U.S., I don't speak English. No. So I have to work three jobs. Okay. To make enough money to pay the tuition, to raise the family. Meanwhile, goes to school. So that 10 years from 65 to 75 is the most difficult time in my life. Absolutely, absolutely. My mother always say, don't give up. Right. When you give up, you basically have nothing. Mm -hmm. If you don't give up, keep working. Just one step at a time. Every day, studying, work, a year later, you can see, look back, you achieve a lot. Exactly. Five years later, 10 years later, I finished my doctor degree. Okay. In molecular biology from New York University. All right. So 1975, I accept the offer. University of New Haven offered me a job as an assistant professor to develop this forensic program. University of New Haven, that has still a small community college. Mm -hmm. Forensic, basically, just a corner of a laboratory, have one microscope, a fire cabinet for fingerprint kit. That's mm -hmm. it. Wow. So, with the student, many of my students, we work together. Some of the students become police chief, laboratory director, attorneys, judges, they all give him back. Like one of my students, Ken Biermarker, become a famous lawyer in Texas, and uh, he donated $1 million to the building of the institute. Wow. He said, Dr. Lee, you help us so much, it's time we give him back, help the younger generation. Absolutely. That really warmed my heart. Yeah, absolutely. So, 1966, state police contact me, public defender's office contact me to help them review cases. So by that time, I become a consultant for Connecticut State Police, also for Connecticut Public Defender's Office and uh, Chief Prosecutor's Office. Okay. In addition, we're helping a lot of police department in the state, out of state. So by 1997, 98, Governor Grasso uh, created a position, offered me a job to join the state police right. after, uh, as the chief criminalist and uh, laboratory chief. Mm -hmm. But the salary is almost half what I'm making as a assistant professor. Oh, wow. So at university, I quickly rose around the rank, become assist, uh, associate professor, then become full professor. However, my career dream is to set up a 
forensic laboratory to serve the state of Connecticut. That's why I decided to join the state police and teaching at university, still mm -hmm. continue teach the night classes. During the day, I work for state police laboratory. So from that time, 1975, uh, 76, 77, to 79, we start develop the laboratory. Okay. The laboratory initially have uh, 17 troopers, two sergeant, one lieutenant. It's all swamp personnel. Right. So one proposal uh, asked the governor uh, with the support of the legislator, the laboratory starts civilian lives. Mm -hmm. So we can hire some people with scientific training. So a lot of good forensic scientists start joining the laboratory. A lot of professors, even have a Yale professor, want to join the laboratory too. I say, I have to have a big salary cut. We can't pay. <laughs> They say, well, you know, this is something they want to do. Exactly. So quickly, the laboratory start have a, a civilian scientist. In addition, I apply a lot of federal grants and private foundation money, so set up buying instrument. The first, I still remember the two piece of equipment. One is a GC. One is a UV spectral photographer. That both was donated by insurance industry. Okay. Because that have a rush of hours in case, especially in New Haven area. Yep. Um, Chief uh, New Haven area District Attorney Arnold Marco and uh, asking me to join the arson task force. We the New Haven Fire Department. You have a police department. We start training the first arson dog wow. with ATF and uh, state police canine unit. Yep. We train the first dog. Her name, even today, I still remember, Maddie. Wow. Uh, she is a world first arson dog. So we develop a lot of procedure. The laboratory from 17 people almost get to 100. And uh, we have 16 different sections. Uh, we start implementing a lot of new procedure. We set up a so-called major crime squad. Like now, all the major cases that have uh, work with detective unit, and we scientists and a detective goes to crime scene together. Detective use their investigative experience Scientists will use the scientific knowledge, can work together, right. solving cases. So by uh, 1980s and 90s, the laboratory have a national, international reputation. A forensic program at the university also we got a lot of grants, recruit a lot of good students, and uh, the program also become a international known forensic education of program. Uh, so by 1998, I worked for state 
almost 25 years so I can retire. Uh, a lot of federal agency, a lot of other state offer me jobs, right. triple my salary. <laughs> I was really thinking moving to Florida or some uh, uh, warming state, exactly. warmer state. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so my mother say, don't forget, Connecticut give you an opportunity to develop. You should still put the priority helping Connecticut. That time, state police right. have some uh, internal, external pressure. Mm -hmm. Governor Rowland offered me a job as the uh, commissioner for state police right. and public safety. At first, I turned him down. I said, Governor O'Neill asked me too. I said, no way. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be a chief. I don't want to be a commissioner. Yeah, right. Then uh, Governor Weicker even asked me, do I interest in a uh, uh, state police commissioner? I said, no, I like to stay in the laboratory. Exactly. And uh, so Governor Rowland talked to my wife and talked to my mother. <laughs> so my mother and my wife said, why don't you want to be a, become a commissioner? I said, in a commissioner's job, you have 36 meetings a day. Yep. You have to learn, hug the lady, kiss the baby. Mm -hmm. She moves the legislator to get funding. Yep. You have to deal with so many unions. You got to deal with you it all. Everything all. <laughs> I said, work in the laboratory. I right. just deal with the physical evidence. Right. I can put the human factor away. But my mother says, it's what state want you. You should really work hard to change the system, work with the system. Mm -hmm. She said something I never forgot. 200 years of uh, US history is any Asian become a state police commissioner? I said, no. So you should break the glass ceiling, become the first Asian state police commissioner. Right. Do a good job for the state, for the people of Connecticut. So I took the job. Right away, I set up a goal objective mm -hmm. because many times I lecture on leaderships right. and management. One of the problem with the US law enforcement is a lot of chief that promote friend of rank. They're excellent officers. However become a chief, you have to think about not think like a just street cop anymore. Right. You have to think about the community. Yes. The plan, the objective, how to execute your plan, become reality. How to work with a team, not yourself anymore. Like I work as a forensic scientist, I can work by myself right. with a microscope, with a piece of equipment. But work to investigate case, you need a team. 
not yourself. You need good detective, you need community support, mm -hmm. you need citizen to provide information, you need to search database, you have a variety activity. Of course, as a commissioner, you have so many units, not just the laboratory. Right. You have to think about equal opportunity. You have to think about each community have different need. Mm -hmm. New Heaven, yes. it's different than Osaybrook. Absolutely. Osaybrook is different than New Milford. Yes. So we have 170 some different town and uh, city yep. and community in the state. Correct. As a commissioner, you you have to take care of everybody. Right. So these 20 objective, I want to automate the department because early days, the fingerprint, we use hand search. That's right. Fire cabinet for a fingerprint car. Mm -hmm. It's about a million and a half to two million fingerprint car. Oh, wow. If I hire a fingerprint examiner, I give him a latent lift from the crime scene. Yeah. He tried to search all the fingerprint car. <laughs> Take him 50 years, just barely finish. So I was often joking, you hired him when he retired, he said, Dr. Lee, I did not find that match. Yeah, right. So we start looking at AFIS. Mm -hmm. Automated fingerprint system. Right. We was lucky, I got some funding. Also I talked to the provider, they donate some money. So quickly we set up a automated fingerprint system. Okay. We also set up a sex offender data bank. All right. Because in this country we have approximately a million sexual assault or rape cases. The clearest rate, that time pretty low, less than 40%. So the most of the sexual assault rape cases are unsolved. For victim, they have to face this dilemma every day. So we decide to have a sex offender data bank. We found a lot of rape sexual cases are repeat offenders. Yes. Then, of course, by 1998, we adopted DNA. Mm -hmm. Set up a DNA data bank. That's right. Hook up with FBI, CODIS. I found out this community policing in the state of Connecticut, we don't even implement the school resource officer. So we wrote a proposal to Justice Department. And uh, initially, they reject our proposal. My contact person in Washington said, Henry, you're a state police. State police doing highway patrol. Right. We're not going to fund it. I said, before you make decision, I'd like to present a slideshow to the committee. So I asked our physical uh, officer, I said, I need the ticket from Harper to 
uh, Washington, D.C. He said, wow, Dr. Lee, this afternoon it's almost impossible. Even a week later it's impossible. Mm -hmm. I have to go through a lot of uh, uh, paperwork to get the uh, money to buy a ticket. I said, here's my credit card. Just buy a ticket. <laughs> right. I flew to D.C. after my one-hour presentation. I said, we have so many resident troopers. Two-thirds of the territory is patrolled by state police. Right. That's community. Exactly. I said, yeah, but highway is a community. Our job is not punish the citizen, give them a ticket. Exactly is to try to alert them, don't drink and driving, mm -hmm. don't drive excessively. So while I was commissioner time, citizens like state troopers, because I tell them, I don't want you just write a ticket, $200, $300, if somebody a couple miles over. Absolutely. I'd rather you to give them a warning, say drive carefully. Right. If somebody cut in and out excessively, Give them three tickets. There you go. That's that's the time. State police and community very very friendly. Absolutely. And uh, the national even bought idea okay. because this resentment. For example, recent this demonstration, the police yes. and that sort of thing. Sure. A lot of people say community and state uh, and the local police and state police don't understand each other or what I think the problem is the ticket right. a lot of city government state government use that as a source of income mm -hmm. so you give how many tickets a year right. you punish your citizen think about I don't know how much you're making, but <laughs> now I make right. very little money. Exactly. So let's say you make $500 sure. a week. Sure. You're speeding, they give you a ticket, 475 Right. So you got 30 bucks. That's how once my <laughs> income exactly. goes. Exactly. And uh, so we implement community policing program. We got the grants. We set up a high school school resources officer. Okay. That kind of state police have the maximum strength because we have a lot of grants, a lot of uh, money from federal, from mm -hmm. foundation. Right. So we also found out the radio system for state police is antiquated. Right. We still use 600 megahertz couple officers life in danger some got shot killed died of a line of duty because they call on radio the troop cannot hear it right. if you're in a tall building 9-11 right. a lot of uh, fire uh, personnel and uh, police officer including one of the fire chief Gensin, my good friend died of in the tragedy um, because the radio system, we was able to raise enough money, $98 million. Pete, don't ask me how I got those money. Okay. So, 
we work day and night, we convert to 800 megahertz. Mm -hmm. Turn out that's the easy part. Absolutely. To get in the funding, to build a radio tower, that's more difficult. Right. If I want to build a tower in your backyard, right. do you let me to do it? No. Give them our good friend. Exactly. So I have to go to all the community, <laughs> yeah, right. try to convince them how important. Right. Now the whole state now right. have a network, 800 megahertz. Mm -hmm. We have a central dispatching system. So the whole state benefit by that. Right. So the 20 objective quickly was implemented. Right. So after a year, Initially, I tell governor I only want to do a year. Okay. But the uh, governor say, everybody like you, why don't you do more? I <laughs> exactly. say, no, no, no. I say, we still have two projects almost finished, is to improve the barrack yep. and uh, the fleet. So in two years, I finish all 20 objectives. So I tell governor, it's time for me to leave, to do that. what I really want to do. Exactly. Forensic work. So back to uh, back to state police lab, okay. I say, chief emeritus, I don't do any administrative stuff. Right. Just help review the cases. And uh, also the laboratory, the surface of a new building, mm -hmm. year 2005, finally finished. Did the ra uh, ribbon cutting with Governor Rao, and uh, after that, I say now I finish everything. There you go. I want to leave now. You want to retire? At the first time back to <laughs> university. <laughs> so, so Doctor Lee, what are some of the famous cases that you've worked on? Well, of course, people always say O.J. Simpson. Right. John Bernie Rancy, mm -hmm. uh, Kelly Anthony, yes. Phil Spector, all those cases. Yeah. But before those cases, in 1980s, mm -hmm. I work on a Sacco Vanzetti case. Now, case in late 80s, early 90s in Massachusetts become the biggest case in the U.S. history. Two people rob a paymaster and kill the paymaster and a couple people. Shook the community. Shook the country. So two persons was quickly arrested. One person named Sacco the other person, then daddy. One is a selfish, the other word, one is a shoemaker. Both are Italian. Right. Because that time, in early 19th century, mm -hmm. this country have a sentiment against the Italian immigrant, sink their anarchies. Yeah. Think they're communi communist. So Sacco and Vanzetti both was convicted and hung. Okay. However, 
a lot of uh, evidence have question marks. And uh, so have a world demonstration. Of course, in US, this uh, mm -hmm. George Floyd case. Yes. But at that time, every city have this demonstration. Uh, make a long story short, I think about 10 or 20 years ago, uh, Massachusetts governor, Governor Dukakis, finally cleared both of them. I even made a statue for them. Also, in 1990s, have a new committee, congressional committee, set up to reinvestigate Kennedy assassination. Myself and uh, Dr. Blackburn was asked to review the case. They flew us to Washington to review all the peace evidence, try to uh, look at uh, any newer development forensic view, can we provide an answer? Is Lee Oswald the lonely, lonely assassin? Or that's a political conspiracy? Unfortunately, the crime scene was not properly handled. The physical evidence is gone. Even Kennedy's brain disappeared. So not much we can do. Um, recently, uh, Everett Stone, the producer, uh, invited me to Texas to do an interview because okay. next year uh, is a landmark year. They're going to show a special Kennedy assassination reinvestigation. Uh -huh. Of course, besides that, are also involving Vincent Foster on Tamla Das in the Mercy Park mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C. His body was found in an embankment and died of a single gunshot in the mouth. Oh, wow. That time, of course, the impeachment, the movement. Yeah. And uh, Republicans want to say that's a homicide. Clinton murdered his best friend. Democrats, of course, think that's a suicide. Right. So you talk about pressure. Many times the forensic scientists will investigate. It's a lot of pressure from media, from the politician. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they twist the fact, report, misleading the public. So the public somehow was misled by the media. Okay. So that case, we have to call as it is, whatever the physical evidence tell us. So Judge Starr was appointed as an independent uh, Council. I still remember work with him. Very, very knowledgeable, nice gentleman. He said, Dr. Lee, we just want a scientific fact. Call as it is. The independent council did not put any pressure on us. 
of course, my we went to back to Mercy Park mm -hmm. to reconstruct. We examined each piece of the evidence they collected. We found so much evidence to show he died of a more likely suicide. So all of those cases are much well known. However, somehow the media just interested in the juicy stuff. Right. Right. Of course, O.J. Simpson case. Absolutely. When that just started, 80% of the Caucasian think O.J. guilty like hell. Mm -hmm. 80% of the minority think he's totally innocent. I was kidding, 100% of Chinese, we don't care. Yeah, right. Because I don't even know who is O.J. Simpson. Right. When he's heyday, he's the running back for Buffalo. Right. That time, I have to work three jobs <laughs> and uh, go to school. I don't have, I don't have time no. watch television. I don't even have the money to buy a television. <laughs> exactly. So who is O.J. Simpson? I really don't know. Right. When Bob Shapiro called me, said, want me to look at the case, a famous person called O.J. I said, I never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, later, I did not realize what the case I got involved. Yeah. Uh, of course, as a scientist, we just look at the physical evidence. Physical evidence shows two type of a bloody shoe print at the scene. Mm -hmm. The police initially just report one, ignore the other. When I re-examined the scene, we found two, which means could be two people right. at the scene. Also, we look at the timeline analysis. We look at uh, the blood stain on OJ's body. Okay. Plus the fact the net head, mm -hmm. the glove did not fit him. So all of those indication indicates somebody may be smaller than him. Right. We did not say, my report did not say OJ wasn't at the scene, right. and uh, but make a long story short, uh, because this issue of the investigator lie. For example, Mark Furman say, uh, I never used anger, right. was taped. He used 32 or whatever, 2832 anger in a 30 minute uh, recording. Uh, for example, uh, the chief detective took the O.J. Simpson's blood, put mm -hmm. it in the back pocket, went back to the crime scene. When you have a suspect's blood, the procedure you should send to the laboratory right away and uh, try to preserve it. Yeah. You should not put it in your pocket and uh, back to the crime scene. Of course, later, crime scene, blood, DNA match, O.J. Simpson. 
except those blood samples have EDTA. EDTA is a preservative. It's not supposed to be in the human circulation. Okay. So how those EDTA come from? Today we still don't have an explanation. Pretty amazing. Okay. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's so pretty, pretty amazing. We continue. Yeah. With cases. Okay. Sure. One of the case have a uh, lot of interesting. Have two cases. Both suspect is Peterson. Okay. One is North Carolina Michael Peterson. The other one. Is near San Francisco. You remember that case? I don't. Uh huh. Also, Peterson. Okay. His pregnant wife disappeared. Uh huh. He was on national television okay, crying, yeah. please. Yeah. You know, uh, I will pay whatever, I will do whatever, exactly. get my wife back. Right. Then. Uh, meanwhile, He's fooling around with a massage. Mm-hmm. That's right. true. Exactly. And uh, so later, he was charged for the crime. Defense contact me. We look at the evidence, and uh, everything consistent with him. Okay. So that case. I went to court, mm-hmm. I tell judge what I'm funding, and uh, my funding, defense attorney said, we're not going to put you on. Uh, so many cases, defense retain me. Right. We found more evidence than the prosecution. Mm-hmm. And uh, however, many cases we found Evidence exonerate the suspect. For example, in this country, the first Innocent Project case is happening in uh, Virginia. A uh, black teenager called Washington. He's only that time, 16 or 17, was big, strong bill, but with a mental capacity, probably six years old. Wow. His parents gone, so he lived with the sister. The sister say, why you just every day drink soda, eating? Right. Why don't you go out find some job? So he went out, of course cannot find any job, he got on the Greyhound. Greyhound bus driver found his no ticket, so kicked him out the bus in the next town in Virginia. Right. So he had no place to go, he slept at the bus station. Turned out that town had a rape homicide. Detective is looking for suspect. Uh-huh. So found this guy, 
slept in a bus station. Bus station, right. Took him back to interview. He just can't really answer. His mental capacity is so low. Right. So after many hours interview, he tell detective, I'm hungry, I want to eat. Detective say, okay, you just sign here. We buy fried chicken for you. That's a confession. Okay. So the physical evidence sent to the laboratory of Virginia, and uh, that time it's pre-DNA day. The ABO, that time we do ABO system. Okay. So Washington have a uh, private attorney, okay. but uh, serve as a public defender. Mm -hmm. He only took every year take a case pro bono. So he contact me. We did some typing. We actually excluded the suspect. In other words, the semen mm -hmm. found it's not his. So the judge hear the case, I testify. Okay. So judge say, okay, we just give you life without parole because initially that's a death penalty case. And uh, so finally, the governor commute his sentence, set him free. When nine days, DNA come along, so DNA typing, of course, exclude him. So DNA, of course, today becomes so popular. DNA can link a suspect to a case, but also can exonerate the innocent person. Unfortunately, DNA sometimes misused. For example, a vagina swap, right. you found foreign DNA. Mm -hmm. That's a clear exclusion. Semen wasn't deposited by the suspect. However, if you found a semen stand on the bed sheet, you have foreign DNA on it. Not necessary. That's an exoneration. Especially now, today, a lot of time, for example, your notepad. Yes. Let's say something happened here. The notepad become a piece of evidence. Mm -hmm. If you found some, your DNA, it's fine. Right. But if somebody else DNA, we're gonna have an issue. What does it mean? Right. <laughs> In addition, all those 80s case, 80s case, nobody wore gloves. No. When the evidence submitted to the court, detective pick it up, put in the bag, laboratory people exam, put back into the bag, give back to the department, case on trial, the clerk open the bag, take the, for example, let's say, sneaker. Take the yep. sneaker out and- uh, They examine it. Give it to the prosecutor. Sure. Prosecutor say, judge, 
will want to introduce this as evidence. That's right. Judge said, okay, let me look at that. So he is barehanded, look at it. Uh, okay, you can pass, give the jury. Right. Defense attorney said, Your Honor, wait a second, I want to look at it too. So he looked at it, barehanded. Then we give it to the jury, one after another, 14 or 16 of them. Everybody And then, and then they're it. looking at it barehanded. Yeah, they put back to the back evidence the back. So 30 years later, right. innocent project said, we want to test the sneaker. Aha, uh -huh. found some foreign DNA. Therefore, have a, right. another suspect. What does it mean? Of course, the newspaper sometimes report, right. wow, new DNA evidence. What does that mean? Right. They don't report a real fact, just a new DNA evidence exonerate right. the suspect. Absolutely. If the judge understands science, mm -hmm. it's fine. Sometimes the judge doesn't even know. The public defender, of course, use the evidence in favor of them. Right. If the state attorney don't argue correctly, now is the public really serve? A lot of victims' family feel frustrated right. because of that. Recently, I experienced a similar situation. Okay. A homicide case happened in 1985 in New Milford. Mm -hmm. Mr. Carr, he retired. December 1st, okay. he stayed in his daughter's house in New Milford. Sometime middle of the night, either midnight of December 1st or early dawn morning of a December 2nd, he was murdered. His daughter came home about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, found her dad lying in the hole in pool of blood. He was stabbed about 27 times. His throat was cut. Blood stamp, blood spatter, mm -hmm. all over the place. By late afternoon of 2nd, New Milford Police contact State Police Major Crime Squad. Yep. Major Crime Squad in turn contact me and uh, the Chief Medical Examiner. Mm -hmm. We went to the scene. We found Mr. Carr was murdered. We found two type of a shoe print, bloody shoe print, okay. on the Lolonio and uh, some of the carpet area. Okay. So that tells us two potential suspects. 
look at the type of hues and size of hues we think looks like a male. We look at the first floor bedroom, the drawer pulled down mm -hmm. and uh, ransacked the bedroom. Victim's daughter say have a lot of a, a row of coin and some cash. It's all gone. Also, there are other uh, valuable also gone. So right away we know that's a burglar-related homicide. Right. What we did on the third, we use chemical to okay. enhance the shoe print. Okay. The type of chemical we use called chemical screening test for blood, which will react with the blood component hemoglobin. From color, let's become a blue color. The chemical we use called tetramethylbenzidine, TMB. Okay. It's a very sensitive chemical test. So we enhance the shoe print. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we try to raise some bloodish fingerprint. Oh. However, what we found, it's all smudges. Right. In other words, cannot be identified. Right. Then we test the drawer. We found some blood. Subsequently, laboratory tests show that's victim's blood. We also found some spot in the second floor bathroom sink and one of the towel, have two towels hanging there. Mm -hmm. So we use some chemical test, it show positive. Right. So I tell the crime scene people, collect those, send to the laboratory. This case remained unsolved for quite a few days. Well, Dr. Lee, we're out of time. I want to thank you for coming down. Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. Okay. All right, my friend. See you soon. 15 minutes already? That was a half hour already. Oh. We're done. Oh, okay. Right. On behalf of Henry Lee, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night, and we'll see you next time. Okay.